Uh, didn't have any onions tonight. Feel, feel free to move forward. Anyway, it's been a beautiful week. Now, I've actually seen a, a major outpouring of love and caring, generosity, and a, a rise of determination and, and a kind of fierce, fierce caring for, um, for our planet, for each other. And so this could be, this may not be that, this could be a good time, as the, as the Hopi elders say. If we, if we connect with each other and we, we don't forget what needs to be remembered, and of course, I think you would not be here if you weren't trying to remember what needs to be remembered. And I'd, I'd love to hear from some of you tonight, but I also wanted to just share a f- few thoughts that I had during the sitting tonight. It may not feel relevant to you, but it was meaningful to me when I had the memory of a, of a long meditation retreat that I did back in the 1980s. I, I had the good fortune, and sometimes it didn't feel like the good fortune, of working with a, a Burmese teacher who had been through a lot in his practice, and I had spent time practicing with him in Burma, and I had been tormented by physical illness, and I was really quite uncomfortable. And I went to see this teacher in in Burma at the time that I was there, and I said, I need to eat something after 10 in the morning other than oily fish soup. My stomach is burning, and, and I need to eat I need to break the, the precept. The precept is not eating any solid food after 12 noon, and everyone agreed to that in the monastery in Burma. And he said, no. And, he, and at that moment that he said no, I got furious. I got so pissed off that I, I, I completely ignored all the protocol of properly bowing three times and then leaving the the quarters of the teacher. And I just let venom come out of my, you know, my eyes toward him, and I just took off. Frustrated desire, intensely uh, wounded feeling of, uh, of pride. And I left, and then I realized that I'm going to be here for three months, <laughs> and I, I, can't very well, I can't very well continue like this. So I went back and I apologized, and he proceeded to tell me a story of his own experience of being a monk uh, in Sri Lanka. And in Sri Lanka, he became, as he described it, he had the winds running through his body, and his teacher's wouldn't provide him any kind of extra support, and he said it helped him develop this kind of fortitude, this kind of strength. So I had that experience, and, and I, I worked with it, and it 
help me develop a little bit of uh, a capacity to accommodate really uncomfortable experiences. Maybe you can extrapolate a little bit of that to what's happened for many of you in the last week. But the, the story that I actually, the vignette that I actually thought of tonight is really in a similar vein. I was sitting another long retreat with him. I followed him around for about four years. And in this retreat, I was just in a, a state of, of utter despair about life about, and it wasn't so much life and the life situation, but just about the pain of being human, the pain of being alive. And there are certain points in your practice when your mind and body become very quiet and very open, where it really dawns on a person who's practicing how utterly painful it is to be human, how hard it is to to be born, how hard it is to go through what we go through. It's classically called Sankara Dukkha, the Dukkha of just everything that we have to deal with. The Dukkha meaning that which is difficult to bear, unsatisfactoriness, unreliability, just all the things that are difficult of life, in life. And of course the teachings are that this is, if you're born, this is what comes with the territory. Things that are hard to bear. And but sometimes it's so intense, and maybe you felt this in the last week, it's so intense, the, the pain of existence at certain times. And in the, in the depth of a retreat, every sense, every door of perception felt as though it was too much to handle, too much to bear. Just anything that I saw caused pain, anything I heard caused pain, anything I felt caused pain. And it may sound kind of ridiculous now, but when you're in that level of sensitivity, you realize, wow, it's not, it's not as pleasant as we all think it should be here. It's really painful. So I also had heard these teachings before about Sankara Dukkha. And I went and I started thinking as I was going through this retreat, I'm experiencing Sankara Dukkha. Then I started to get very identified with experiencing Sankara Dukkha. When I say I got identified, I, I became the one who's experiencing Sankara Dukkha. It was a kind of pride. I was really seeing into the nature of reality. And I was getting so full of myself without really knowing it about how much suffering I was having and how much I understood how painful life is. Any of you ever have that experience? So I went to the teacher, thinking that I could just tell the, the teacher, Sayada Upandita, I am realizing Sankara Dukkha. And meanwhile, as I was going to see him, it was as though I was, my body was, I was dragging my body into see the great guru, and, and he was, and he was, perhaps would relieve me from tell me how wonderful a yogi and then I would feel good about that and maybe I wouldn't feel quite as miserable. And so I reported to him how much I'm experiencing Sankara Dukkha. And, I, and it was just dripping out of my mouth. And he looked at me 
And one, sometimes he'd look at me and he'd just pick up a book and start reading because he, he would see me coming. He saw all the pride. And this time he looked at me and he said just a short phrase that just cut right through my embellishment of what was going on. He said, just see dukkha as dukkha. Just see suffering as suffering. I had built a monument to the suffering. I had taken what was genuinely painful and impinging and turned it into a whole identity, had turned it into a drama far beyond, far beyond the simple reality of what was happening. So tonight when I thought of that, it, it came to me out of nowhere. I hadn't thought about it in quite a long time. But I think it's a little bit analogous to maybe a tendency that some of us may have had this week, understandably, to feel the pain of, of all that could be and just the shock and dismay and the disappointment and the fury and, the, and so much fear. But rather than, rather than just feel that, feel it, experience dukkha as dukkha, our tendency, and I know my tendency was and still is to a certain degree, was to spin out, was to proliferate, to, to move beyond the bare facts of my experience and meet it with kindness and instead just started living in the incredible anticipation of what was to come and then fabricating worlds upon worlds of, of uh, things that were just compounding my suffering. Not seeing dukkha as dukkha, but, but adding mental suffering to the uh, already just the, the fact of, of the pain of whatever was happening. So I'm not saying any, all of you experienced, you all had some dukkha last week, if you're human, but you may have had a, a special form of dukkha because of the, the election. And I think part of the possibility of coming here or sitting down wherever you happen to be is to come a little bit closer to just the basic dukkha. Come to that place where it's just what's happening. Whatever residue is there, using it to call you here, using it to call you back to simplicity, to call you back to the natural peace and ease, believe it or not. Bring you back to the natural peace and ease that is the natural peace and ease of your own nature when you're not spinning out, when you're not going out in search going out and in, in spinning out. And so when I thought about the natural peace and ease of our own nature, I was happy that all of you were sitting because the peace just starts calling you back. And I'm not saying that your feelings are peaceful. I'm not saying that your mind is quiet. But the, the mind, the one who knows in you, the awareness through which you're perceiving is always peaceful. 
Awareness is not affected by the contents of awareness. So awareness of sad and afraid is not afraid. Awareness is quiet. It is a quiet refuge. It is a quiet support for whatever is being felt. It is welcoming. It is embracing. It is it's peace itself. And it's, even, and it's closer than your breath. But the tendency for all of us, we're conditioned to become very identified with our, with the, with our feelings, with our projections, with our memories, and we forget that there is, as Albert Camus said, in the midst of winter there is within me an invincible summer. And it's possible to reclaim that uh, even in times like this. And, and to whatever degree you completely lost touch with any kind of peace and ease, if nothing more, you know, even that should just call forth as much mercy and kindness as you, as you have. It's not your fault. Nobody, it's, it's just conditioning. Our conditioning is to go out, is to embellish, is to intensify our pain. But the good news is that so, many, so much goodwill this week kind of brought, brought me back to, I, I don't know, many of you may have attended the, the hands around Lake Merritt, and I, I attended the beautiful, lengthy um, demonstration, peaceful demonstration in Golden Gate Park which was, you know, thousands of people walking through the park down to the ocean with a chanting Trump, or wait, wait, wait just a second. Love trumps hate. And then variations on that theme. And it's just having the word love in the air and the goodwill and having people of all ages, very multicultural. It, um, it just felt like it was a good thing to do, to connect. And kind of helps fortify us to be, to be um, vigilant and determined to, to take care of each other from, from this day forward. So I am interested to hear what, what's been on your mind. If anyone would like to, to share your heartbreak, your, your nothing, nothing happened, your sense of, you know, whatever it is that, that moves you. I, anyone that feels to speak or we have the good fortune of having a handheld, a, um, what do you call this? No, but what, it's a free uh, wireless mic. Anybody have any comments or questions or anything anyone would like to say? This is your living room. It's likely that whatever you say or ask about, describe, will be of some benefit to someone else. Thanks, Dave. To remind her to put her mouth close to the... Yes. Hi, Natalie. So 
Um, I kind of thought about what we do here in the group of couple, but I felt something guilty about it because when you feel so afraid and passionate about something, then you're more, at least I feel like I'm more likely to take action. And I'm afraid that I'm going to forget the feeling that I had in the 24 hours after the election and forget that it's my responsibility to have the vocal compensation and attend events and come to meditation. Right, so like how can I reconcile my um, desire for ease with the fire light? Thank you so much for that comment and that question. It's funny, when, you, when Natalie was speaking, I, I, some of you attended the, the half day that we did at the Mindfulness Care Center on Saturday. I hadn't had a sustained period of practice since the election, and sitting there hour after hour, I started to feel more and more strong and more and more determined to, to you know, fight for whoever is, whoever is in trouble, whoever is being targeted, whoever is, whether it's our earth or, or, or any, any kind of group that is being targeted right now. And it was, it's really out of that, it felt like there was a direct correlation between connecting with that peace, connecting with that sense of myself where I touch the whole world, which is right where I am, that it's out of that, that that emerged that kind of, it felt like a fire. And I think the more that I actually do t touch into that peace, the more, the more I care and the more that that fire will express itself. I don't think it's either or. And I, don't, I've, I have not seen anyone in all of my years of teaching, anybody who, who developed their practice to a, to a certain kind of fruition, I've never seen one person who retired from the world. I've seen only practice translate into social action. I've just never seen, I've never seen it the other way. Although I do really appreciate and understand how because of the way that we are acculturated, sometimes caring for ourselves in this way seems selfish. It seems self-centered. But the paradox is if we take care of ourselves, then we are full and we so naturally give ourselves to others. If we don't care, take care of ourselves, don't give ourselves that peace, we end up stuck in ourselves. We end up spinning in our preoccupations. So thank you for the question and the comment. Please. Understand. There's a voice that says back, they 
Tell you the truth, I haven't a clue. <laughs> Although, you know what, I, I can only, I could only fantasize about what I would want to do. My, my default in a, in a time where I feel alien is I, what has really cut through my alien feeling, that other feeling, is if I've done what I call stealth meta where I, I'm just wishing people well. And what, it do, what it's allowed me to do is to connect with the humanity of that person. And, and somehow it just creates a little crack in the heart so that at least I'm not, I'm weeding out my own ill will. And you know, if I'm not coming from a place of ill will, it's much more workable. And then, it, you know, that's really the heart of the, the teachings of, of the Metta Sutta. I would take a copy of the Metta Sutta and read it over and over because it's all about non-contentiousness. It's, it's all about not putting anybody out of your heart. It's, and it's all about not being too caught up in right and wrong, who's right and who's wrong, but much more the Dharma way is, is non-contentiousness. So, that, and just the willingness to be a work in progress. You know, I think we all want to have it all just go just right. And I think there has to be a willingness to have it go wrong. Because that can create its own kind of fear uh, that it has to somehow, I have to get through, I have to either convince or I have to, I have to say just the right thing. And uh, that creates too much pressure. So lots of self-loving kindness, lots of stealth metta. These are simple, simple ways, but just the word non-contentious. If nobody is eager to speak, I thought that I would just, just reinforce a few things that I said <laughs> by reading a poem from, Stephen Ta from Steve Taylor called The Only Place. When the future is full of dread and the past is full of regret, where can you take refuge except in the present? When maelstroms of tormenting thoughts push back the barricades of your sanity, the present is the calm center that you can, where you can rest. And slowly, as you rest there, here, the niggling thoughts and fears dissolve like shadows shrinking under the midday sun until you don't need refuge anymore. The present is the only place where there is no thought-created pain. The present is the only place.
or since we are walking out of here in the next few minutes, end with a poem from Dana Falls called Walk Slowly. It only takes a reminder to breathe, a moment to be still, and just like that something inside me settles, softens, makes space for imperfection. The harsh voice of judgment drops to a whisper, and I remember again that life isn't a relay race, that we all will cross the finish line, that waking up to life is what we are born for. As many times as I forget to catch myself charging forward without even knowing where I'm going, that many times I can make the choice to stop, to breathe, and be, and walk slowly into the mystery. So let's love ourselves by remembering this calm center and knowing that this calm center is, is the place from which my love flows, my skillfulness flows, my clarity, my capacity to be a benefit to this world that needs it so much right now. So may my practice, our practice tonight, and all the goodness, all the fruits, all the merit, all the benefits that have arisen from our practice, may it be shared determinedly, ferociously, lovingly for the benefit of all beings without any exception. For all of the Hillary voters and all of the Trump voters. For Hillary and for Trump. And all the beings of this earth of the air, of the lands, of the waters. May our practice continue to be dedicated to the welfare and benefit of all beings. May all beings feel the love of our practice. May all beings live with ease. May all beings feel safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be well. Thank you all. Thanks for your practice. And all beings, thank you for your practice. Don't doubt that it has an impact. And please, uh, pile the chairs in piles of four and move them against the wall. Any help with that is deeply appreciated. And thank you for your generosity.
and hope to see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.